talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. And thank you for joining me, Gordon T, on this episode of The Artist Interview, a podcast from Hope FM, where we get to meet some of the great and some of the new from the world of contemporary Christian music. But this week, the artist isn't one of your mainstay Christian artists, although his songs clearly have God in them. Uh, We're going to meet Dave Barnes. Now, we first encountered him uh, back in May when we played one of his tracks as a part of the new music update. Uh, The track was called The Lord Ain't Let Me Down Lately. It caught my attention. I really liked it. And afterwards, I looked up Dave and found out more about him. And I thought, you know what, listeners? It'd be great for you to get me to meet him as well. So before I talk for too long, let's hear a little bit of that first track. The Lord Ain't Let Me Down Lately. And that was The Lord Ain't Let Me Down Lately by Dave Barnes. Hey, Dave, how you doing? I'm much better now that we played that song. That just made me so happy knowing that you guys are listening. It, it makes me happy. I love it. So, uh, But it's an unusual sort of juxtaposition of music in there. What would you say is your actual music style? You know, it, sadly, I don't have one. That's what's been so fun about my career. When I started 20 years ago, you know, my idols were the Billy Joels, James Taylor, Stevie Wonder, you know, Elton John, um, to name a English one, just, you know, to get the crowd behind me here. Um, thank you for dropping that in. Yeah, that was a good move. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. And, and, uh, because of their variety, you know, you think of, especially the Billy Joel's Paul Simons, you know, these artists who've really had a, a wide, you know, weight, they've left pretty wide weight. And, and I just, that's the music I've loved. And so I, it's, it's definitely singer songwriter, you know, but it, it can get funky and it can get, um, acoustic-y, it can get folky, it can get sort of country at times. So it's, I've tried to leave myself the ability to kind of do whatever my heart leads me toward. And thankfully my listeners have always just been so great. And, and cause I think, you know, my first record was really bizarre and diverse. And I think they kind of went, Oh, this is going to be his vibe. And then it's like every, you know, record or group of songs that put out, they're like, no, we knew you were going to do this. So, uh, I've been very fortunate that it hadn't been too, too much of kind of one thing. Cause I just have so many, interests in all kinds of music you know so you can't necessarily tell what you're going to listen to if you're listening to dave barnes that's exactly that's exactly right. so you mentioned 20 years uh, of career now obviously in the uk we're just catching up with you just now i think largely speaking so so we've got a bit of catching up to do yeah would you yeah. be having maybe just to share a bit of your life journey who you are where you've come from yeah. your walk with yeah. jesus in the middle of all that and and the music it'd be yeah. fabulous to hear yeah you know i'm one of those fortunate uh few where I grew up, my dad is a pastor, um, just retired three years ago. And so I grew up in the church, like that was my experience. But, and I say that I'm, I'm one of the fortunate few because I had a great, a wonderful experience of that. It wasn't at all something I ever tried to run from or felt like I needed to run from because I think my parents did a really great job of making faith a really functional thing. It didn't feel uh, abusive or overbearing. It felt like something we believed that sort of ordered our lives and our days and our steps. Um, and it made sense, you know, that that's what I still appreciate is that it never felt like something that was being pushed down our throats because we see, we saw them live it and, and it was compelling to us and still is. And so, um, you know, I've, I've, I've been, thankfully, you know, we joke, like, I feel like I was born into the baptismal 
You know, I mean, that's how my experience <laughs> has just been completely uh, inside of the church. Um, and so I started playing music when I was in high school, played drums in a, uh, a band in high school. And then when I came to university or we call it college here in the States, um, I studied music and, and, uh, and then graduated and, and moved. It was a, a school about 30 miles from Nashville, Tennessee, where I live now and, and made this sort of trek up to Nashville and have lived here for the whole time. So, you know, for those who, who may or may not know, but Nashville is one of the, really the top two or three kind of music cities in America. And so much music comes out of here between Christian music and country music. There's a really healthy singer songwriter scene. And now, you know, bands like Kings of Leon live here. So there's kind of a, a burgeoning rock scene. So it's really fun because you can kind of make any kind of music here. Um, and they've been doing that for, you know, 20 years. And, uh, it's been fun too because you know, I've been making my own music that whole time and the last probably, you know, five to six years I've been writing songs for other people, which has been really fun and, and uh, you know, getting to hear kind of them go out and record stuff that you write. And uh, so it's been fun. It's been it's been a journey and one I'm just thrilled, thrilled to still be doing. I feel like every day I wait for someone to sort of go, uh, hey, you know, it's time for you to leave. I'm like, I oh, know I need to find me. I'll go ahead and get out of here. Thank you. It's been a great run. So I'm delighted I still get to do it. It's such a blessing. Uh, now, obviously, you mentioned a university, as we call it, uh, doing that uh, 30 miles from National Movement International. You made it sound really plain sailing. Oh, it's just, I did this, I did this, and then it all it has come together. And you've got a, a reasonably substantial follower. Nearly half a million uh, listeners a month on Spotify is, is, is yeah. no small number. But most people in the music industry have a, a time when they're struggling because they're trying to trying yeah. to find their place uh, how did that process work for you did you come out of college and, and yeah. suddenly get discovered or what were you having to do to to get along in the road i, I was really fortunate i mean it, it hurt a lot of people but it, it really helped me but i was you know this is 20 years ago so this is the advent of napster and all of the streaming you know sort of pirated you know streaming um platforms were were in their um sort of ascendancy and so I was one of those rare acts, me and kind of my class of singer songwriters where we, we got out and started making, I got out of college and started making music right as that was really gaining traction. And you could find all of this music that you never would have been able to get your hands on. Uh, you know, all of a sudden it's all at your fingertips, you know? And so I would go play these cities and venues where I'd never been. And there'd be two or 300 people on the first time I played it just because they had, gotten online and gotten past a song would hear something and I was really fortunate in that way because you know as much as that that world really hindered a lot of artists and kept them from making the living they would have for me it was like this crazy trampoline into into um, my career I kind of felt like I skipped some steps that way you know um, and I think being in it for 20 years I've just seen it change so much you know what felt like a well-worn path uh, you know, in the early 2000s, you did this and then that meant you do this and you toured like this, then you could do that, you know, forever and ever. Um, you know, it's not necessarily like that anymore. Things have changed. The economy of music has changed. So it still feels like, something, you know, it has its ups and downs. I wish it was as easy as like, oh man, you know, it's smooth sailing now, everything's figured out. But, um, but I think that does cater to creatives a little more, which is fun. You know, you can kind of do a lot of things yeah, now sure. as opposed to just being an artist. You know, you can you can really flex your creative muscles a little more than the, than the uh, traditional path that was, you know, up until these recent changes was kind of the way you make it. So I, I'm, I'm thrilled that I still get to be here, you know, and, and still get to do it. That 
that is a great thing to be excited about because you're very good at it. So it's a good job that you are enjoying it. Otherwise, kind of time to change and go and work somewhere else, I guess. I know, I know. That's right. That's right. And um, musically speaking, you obviously you sing and you write uh, instruments. What do you play? Play mainly guitar, uh, but, you know, dabble on the other things. Now that everybody's got home studios, which is where I'm sitting right now, you know, you kind of get a little good at everything. So you can sort of at least put your, you know, the, the demos together to play for people so they can play on it. Or you sort of can cobble together enough of, of a, uh, you know, a bass track, you know, that you're like, oh, I think that's pretty good. I'll leave it. And so, but mainly uh, grew up playing drums, which was what I studied at, at university and then um, kind of made my way over to singing and songwriting and guitar. Now, which uni was it you went to? MTSU, which is Middle Tennessee State University. It's a school about 25 miles from Nashville. Okay, yeah, not too far away from the hub of it all, so to speak. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Um, and songs-wise, how many songs do you sort of write in the average year? You know, the, traditionally, I would take in about 30 to 35 songs every record, and we'd narrow it down to you know, 10, 11, or 12. Um I did a really fun thing this year where I put out a song a month for the last nine or 10 months. And, uh, and that was really fun and really challenging because usually, you know, they sort of accrue and then you go make your album. But when you're promising that listeners, you're going to put out a song a month, you have to be pretty judicious and creative, you know, prolific to kind of get, you would think like how hard is it to have a song every month, but what happens is they start stacking up, you know, you sort of realize like you got to get ahead of the curve because you got to release them before they, you know, so you kind of get on this weird timetable where you suddenly realize like, oh man, I have to really <laughs> be on my game. Um, but you know, it's, it's a lot. And, and then again, I, you know, for five or six years, I was uh, in a co-pub. Um, I was writing, I was in a contract to write songs for other people also. In those years, I mean, you know, I would write 50 to a hundred songs for other people too, you know? And so it's a lot, it's a whole lot, but again, there's, it's, it's what I love to do. So it, it's, such a huge blessing to get to do it. That, that, that is a crazy number of songs to write. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bananas. Prolific, I think, is the correct word to yeah. use at, yeah. at that point. Yeah. So, I've, I've noticed with you, you, so you've got within your tracks, some mentioned the Lord, some mentioned God. Uh, love seems to be a theme sometimes in your songs as well, I've noticed. So, yeah, you know, it's funny, and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but, you know, I've been a Christian my whole life. I don't remember a day that I didn't believe what I believe. Um, so, so, you know, but when I started playing music, I just never felt like the traditional Christian music trajectory was one for me. I have, I mean, so many of my friends in town do that professionally or dear friends who are great Christian artists. In fact, I have a, a song that I wrote with Chris Tomlin on his last project. And, and we do I have a, a song that we uh, actually sing together on, on his Christmas project that's coming out. So, I mean, I have so many friends are in that world. Uh, but I just never, I never felt like it was what I was supposed to do. And I would try to write these sort of Christian quote unquote songs and they were just terrible. They were so bad. And, and so I realized pretty quickly that my passion was to play in, you know, clubs and bars and, and, and places that wouldn't be sort of your traditional Christian, um, you know, venues while I still played occasionally in churches or, you know, places like that. Um, and so uh, it's ministry because I do have that faith, my faith, it's the Madeline Lingle thing that if you're Christian, what you talk about and sing about and create about is just going to be intrinsically Christian because that is your worldview. You know, that's your, that's your, your sort of like view of the world. And so, I, you know, I think that's always an interesting thing to, to, to sort of navigate in what I do because, you know, a lot of people listen to me aren't Christians also. And so, 
how do I present what I believe? And, it, and it's so important and intrinsic to who I am in a way that doesn't feel alienating or preachy, but still authentic to, to what I believe and how I feel. And so there are a lot of love songs. There's a lot of songs about faith and sort of different ways. And, and um, you know, and I think if, if you listen to me, no matter what you believe, you probably know what I believe, you know, uh, just because it's, it's, it's in there enough that I think it's hard to sort of not feel that, but hopefully not in a way that would alienate or, you know, make people uninterested in that. Yeah, yeah, it's, you, you can listen to it, whatever you're, faith perspective yes but s still enjoy it for what it is yes um, yeah totally yeah, that that makes sense i understand what you're saying it's it's not it's not jesus music uh, that's and, right uh, contemporary christian music but it but it clearly has stuff in it that right. would at least right. make people question right. and uh, right. that's, that's positive yeah so uh, you you mentioned about having many christian friends in the business in, in your church are there any other christian musicians that are names that we might have heard of or not really you know it, it is so funny one of the reasons that we go to where we go is because there's not because i just you know 10 12 years ago when we started going to it's called covenant presbyterian here in nashville it was really refreshing for me to be in a place that didn't sort of have an underbelly of the music industry in it because so many churches in nashville you know, so many amazing artists and, and musicians and songwriters go to. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I, one of the reasons that we really loved this church that felt like it was just, it was a little bit of a safe space for that, you know? Because mm, um, yeah. that's so much of my life. I mean, almost every day I'm with my friends who create music. And so I just felt like it was nice to be somewhere and have a community of people that uh, weren't like me, you know? Because I think the, the church to me, that that's really the, the I, I wanted to be somewhere that felt, more like church and less like people I would pick to be my friends and, and God in the, you know, 10 to 12 years have been there. Some of my dearest friends are my, are people that I wouldn't probably have known if I hadn't gone to church. They, I mean, they, they wouldn't be in my world. So uh, it's kind of been a blessing in disguise. And stuff. That's a wonderful thing. I'm, I'm quite impressed because I, sometimes I talk to people, they do say what a struggle church can be because they go to church and then people will go along to that church to try and talk to them and stuff like that. And it can become like, a hassle but you're yeah. talking about it being a safe haven and also the way you talk about meeting people you wouldn't normally meet it's a great way to actually be in the middle of a christian family from what you're saying so yes that's exactly right love it that that is a very cool answer so um looking back at your life i, I don't actually know how old you are sir how old are you uh i'm 117 but i've had a lot of work you done. that is a that is impressive yeah, moisturizer it's a lot of the I've dead gotten. sea i just a little bit of the dead sea <laughs> i put on my face no i'm 43 this year yeah 43 yeah. so still quite young yeah so um uh, can you can I ask what is your favorite life memory jeez louise you know the what the ones that come to mind the quickest are the births of each of my kids Oh. You know, th those, those moments, man, it's just, it's such an amalgam of so many things happening at once. You know, it's such a, it's like a greatest hits of emotions in about a minute span every time, you know, if not even 10 seconds, man. Um, those are pretty hard to beat. You know, those, those moments for me are three that. What, what are their names? Uh, ben, Susanna, Jane, we call her Zanna, and then Sam. Three kids. And how old are they? They're nine, seven, and five. And what things are you hoping you can impart to them? You know, it's funny. I, so I have a podcast here in, in, called Dadville, and it's about this exact thing. Like we have guests on and, and who are dads, and we just talk about being dads. So it's, it's, I have a million thoughts about this. But, you know, I think, um, gosh, I think 
one of the main things that I'm trying to impart is to represent as much as I can God's affection for them through mine, you know, God's love for them much more grandiose and perfect than mine is, but that they're, you know, they, they say that, you know, our, our first sort of iteration, our first understanding of God is our parents, you know, and I'm just, and I can't near live up to that, obviously, but I'm just praying that my representation until they have their own relationship with him, you know, can be something that's uh, not detrimental <laughs> to them, you know, <laughs> and if it is, at least points them toward him in some broken way. You know? Yeah. Keeps God in the middle of the family. Dave, talking of family, my daughter's just rung my doorbell. I told her to take a key, but she probably forgot. So can you give me one second? And Absolutely. I just need to sprint down, open that door, and then I'll be back with you. Don't go away, Dave Bob. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm excited. Oh. <laughs> Dave Barnes. Look at you being the super dad. My daughter apologizes, so that is, she, I mean, she forgot. Is, is, if that's not real life, if that's not being a dad in real life, real action, what is, you know? I, I, I said to her, don't ring the bell between sort of six and seven. And uh, she thought I'd said seven. So um, so there you go. <laughs> I, she got confused. She was half right. Yeah, she, yeah, she, she, she was half right. She got so. one of them. <laughs> I'm just trying to catch my breath as well. Right. Yeah, those stairs, they're no joke. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> both ways as well. So where, where are you, by the way? Uh, I'm on Bour- in Bournemouth. So I'm, oh, nice. I'm from London, but moved to the south coast a few years ago. Best move ever. <laughs> Is it really? Love it. Yeah, it's great. Absolutely great. Up the cherries, right? Up the cherries, absolutely. <laughs> well said. So you know Bournemouth? Well, I'm a huge Arsenal fan, oh. which is really detrimental right now to my life. But yeah, so I know all those cities because of the the clubs. Absolutely. Wow. So that well, that's good because you actually know what football is. When often I speak oh, yes. to people and they are confused about what football is, but fortunately, no, no, no. My kids have kits, numerous kits, numerous Arsenal kits. We never miss. Yes. Oh. In fact, I was oh, over there well. two years ago or three years ago for my fortieth. We caught a couple. Brilliant. Of where, where, where did you go to see? the games who was playing went to the emirates both times okay played everton and then a europa league match against some you know like czechoslovakian club you know something 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 yeah yeah but okay well, that's yeah. fun good for you yeah I've, I've got to ask how comes you're an arsenal fan when you are from america where were you born yeah well i was here but we went to a game i went to london a, de- a little more than a decade ago and for fun we went to a game just like picked a game i kind of knew about them because of this guy arshavin who used to play for arsenal russian guy that i'd seen in the world cup and so it was between them and chelsea and so i decided to go to the arsenal game and uh that was that was unfortunate because at that moment you could have chosen to support chelsea with me but you I could have chosen glory and winning and success <laughs> and instead i've chosen heartbreak and uh, what feels like perennial underwhelming. <laughs> in in fairness, uh, obviously now being in Bournemouth, I do have to support Bournemouth. Oh yeah, and th- things haven't gone quite to plan there. I think it's fair to say. Yes. So, yes. Um, but uh, anyway, okay. So 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 you are a, a lifelong Arsenal fan, having having been to. Oh yes, yeah. Whether I like to or not, it's just it's in the blood at this point, you know. And 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 your kids have got kits, so they actually play. Oh yeah. Soccer, although it is correct to call it football. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it is correct. And, and, and are they also Arsenal fans? Huge, huge, huge. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, some of our listeners will, of course, be very pleased to hear this, but you have alienated 
just about everyone else. So um, <laughs> that's the end of the interview. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yeah. So fortunately not. Fortunately not. So um, we we we've got another track uh, to to play from you, Dave. Now, um, what, what's this track called? So this song is called "Guy Gave Me You." T- tell us the story behind God Gave Me You. Yeah, you know, it's it's actually a really long story that I will condense into this. So um, I wrote this song. Well, look at this full circle. I didn't mean to do this, but I wrote this song after I sort of started on that trip to London. I had I got the title when I was there uh, out of nowhere and sort of messed with it in my head, got back to the States and wrote it, uh, played it for my producer. He loved it, like freaked out, was like, I think this could really be a big song for you. So we, um, and at the time I was just kind of praying for encouragement in my life. I, I was, it, you know, to your point that you asked about, you know, Gordon, it, it was kind of one of those lows in my, in my sort of career. Where I was like, see my care, like who's still listening? What's the point? And, uh, and so I was just praying for encouragement. It was really that simple. It wasn't some great, like Greek or Hebrew prayer. I was just writing every morning. It was literally just for encouragement. So Long story short, I put the song out. We decided to go to Christian radio, which I had never done. You know, I was 10 years into a career, and, and I just felt like God had said really clearly to me, because at first I was like, I don't want to do Christian music. And I I, I mean, I'm not going to say audibly heard the voice of the Lord, but I felt very strongly from the Lord that, you you know, you if I'm praying for encouragement, I can't qualify the encouragement he gives me. That was a very clear word to me. It was sort of like, this is not how this works. <laughs> you know, like, this is what I'm giving you. You know, can you just receive it and trust that this is my plan? So I put the song on the radio. It did really well at Christian radio. It was a big hit, which is really cool. And then uh, ironically, and in sort of God's, so I thought, Hey, prayer answered my encouragement. Here it is. This is beautiful. Unbeknownst to me, a guy named Blake Shelton, who's one of the guys on the voice in America, which is a big uh, talent show. He's a, yeah, we have the voice. Star. Yeah. He's a superstar kind of country uh, artist here heard it and decided to record it and release it uh, to radio himself. And it was a huge hit for him. So like a, a really big country hit. Um, and so what I thought was this little meager, you know, prayer of encouragement ended up being this massive life. Of, it changed, that song changed my life. And so, um, and so it's fun to still talk about it now because it's about a decade old now, but it's still, it's a song that's, you know, I, I'm sort of known for here in the States, which is really fun. Um, and it's and it's something. It's a song I still love to play, which is really great. But uh, I sort of feel like I, you know I have to. We have to play this one for the listeners because it's probably the song that people know the most for. And that was God Gave Me You by Dave Barnes. And I'm very pleased to say that Dave is still with us here on The Artist Interview. Dave, thank you so much for all you've shared uh, so far from your heart and from your life story. Yeah. I just think it'd be lovely now if you're happy to pray for the listeners um, and the story you shared about God Gave Me You and about the encouragement of you and the change Mm. that it brought as well. There are going to be many people who think, well, I haven't had that yet. That's exactly what I need. There'll be people listening who don't even know jesus or or how to have a relationship with him but it'd be lovely if you're happy to pray yeah let me do that lord thank you so much for today thank you especially we get to listen to music this beautiful thing that you create through us and with us and we're super thankful for that um 
I do pray uh, to Gordon's point, Lord, that you would encourage all of us in the ways that you can only do uh, sometimes life-changing ways, Lord, sometimes small ways, but my prayer is that they're always pointed toward you, that this encouragement is not just something we take and then we move on with the life and they go, okay, something good and I can move along with it, that we would remember you are the author of these great things, all good things. Uh, we know that. And so I pray for encouragement for the listeners, whatever they uniquely need, and you know that. And we thank you for that. Would you bless each of us with little bits of encouragement or big ones, Lord, that remind us of you, uh, and how good you are and how much you love us, uh, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Dave. If you're listening at home and you're not a Christian, just an encouragement to maybe find a church that can help you to know more of God's love, do pop along to www.findachurch.co.uk. There are thousands of churches that would love to welcome you. And also feel free to get in contact with us here in the studio if you've got any questions at all. So, Dave, it's 2021. It's uh, it's the start of autumn. Uh, you've got a new EP coming out very shortly. So I, th- I think I think in a moment we might have a world exclusive first play. But be- oh, yeah. before we get to the next track, we really need to find out a bit about what are you doing? What are your plans? You know, this this fall is really fun. So like I said earlier, I've been releasing a song a month on, uh, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, all the places you, you listen to music in. This EP is kind of me putting all the songs together and then releasing them as a record, uh, which is really fun. I'm doing that. I'm actually putting out one of the things I also do is I do stand up comedy and uh, I'm, I'm uh, it's sort of a it's sort of a uh, side hustle. But I'm putting out uh, a live album uh, that we recorded four years ago, me doing stand up. That's coming out in October, which is really fun. And that's an unusual talent to, to have. Normally people sort of specialize in one thing. So do you actually go to clubs and do stand up routines? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, something, if, if anybody out there wants to uh, waste about an hour of their life, if you go to my Instagram, it's Dave Barnes music. And I do these characters and, and all of these different sort of weird skits and stuff. And you know, that, that I've done that for my whole career. It's been a huge part of like how I've promoted music is these really ridiculous, funny characters I do or, or skits and stuff. And, uh, and so people that listen to me know that about me. It's a big part of sort of my, you know, I hate to say it this way because it feels so weird, but it's a big part of my brand. And so if you see me live, like there's a lot, I like, you know, in my music shows, there's a lot of talking and I tell, you know, stories and stuff and probably, Gosh, 10 years ago, my manager was like, hey, I think you've got enough material to do like a stand-up night. And so we did it. I sort of developed that. And then I did it once or twice a year for a few years. And then, I don't know, probably four years ago, I did a tour where I did 45 minutes of music, did a break, and then did 45 minutes of stand-up. And that was the night. And uh, and so it's it's fun. It's been something that I've really enjoyed doing and, and you know, um, it's, it's just such a different muscle to flex than music is, you know. Okay, so people can find your your online comedy, uh, comedy online though, to, to have a sample of it. Yes, I've got to say, yes, I'm, yes. I am absolutely going to go and uh, track some of that down. So so over this period, you've got an EP about to come out. What about touring and stuff like that then? Is that is that open for you at the moment, 2021? It's it, it has been. I just did a show a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you know what the rhyme auditorium here in Nashville is it's kind yeah. of like the holy ground here uh did a show a couple weeks ago yeah it was awesome um but I, I sort of purposefully last year sat with management and decided not to do any shows in 2021 more just one because I knew everybody and their mother and their mother's mother would be doing yeah. shows because it, it would I 
be opening up. And two, just because I thought it just felt still too tentative. And sure enough, sadly, it's proving to be exactly that because a lot of people are having to move and, and cancel. So I don't know if you saw the Bonner, it just got canceled. Um, so uh, thankfully that decision has, has, has sort of worked out okay. So there's no plans right now. I'm doing some private shows and things like that, that in the fall, but I think next year is when I'll kind of get back up and playing again. Okay, yeah, that, well that sounds to me quite pragmatic and quite sensible. Um, and I know, uh, which are two things no one's ever accused me of being. Yeah, well, good. I'm, uh, you're obviously you're obviously growing up at the age of forty two. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Thank you. Um, so I wish my wife could hear this interview. She'd be so encouraged. Yeah. Uh, so talking of your wife, how did you and your wife meet? We met. Um, she was still at university, and I had just graduated, and uh, she went to a place called the University of Mississippi, and we had mutual friends and kind of met that way, and then kept in touch and. She came to a show and I basically cornered her and uh, awkwardly asked if she would go out with me. And she tried to say no, but I didn't let her. And here we are. Oh, and, and she's still happy. <laughs> that's what she says. That's, um, the, that's the important bit. So yeah, yeah, and, yeah. How long have you been married now? Uh, about to be 16 years. 16 years. Okay. Um, yeah. What tip would you give to listeners? Oh, uh, this is, this is the, for the husbands out there. What is the key to a happy marriage? Man, I have so many thoughts about this. Um, not because I know them, but because people have told me. Um, you know, I, I will say this. This is something I had a, I had a conversation with my dear friends this morning. We were talking about this. Um, I think one of the great bait and switches of marriage that God sort of uses to continue to sanctify us and make us more holy is that um, is that we sort of marry someone because... Uh, of who we are in that season of life and they allow us to be that right they give us the space to be these people we are and we do the same thing yeah and that's one of the reasons it works is because you date these other people and that they don't do that or you don't do that for them and it doesn't work but then you meet this person that goes like yeah you're pretty great like that and you go you know you're pretty great like that and we should do this together but god and in his infinite humor um we change the healthier we get, we change. We have different needs. You know, we have different things we want and need. And, and I think real marriage that stands the test of time makes space for those changes. And, and it recommits itself over and over to whoever this person is now. And, and I think that's the danger of things where it's like, I didn't sign up for this. You know, you hear those kind of phrases in marriage and, and that's exactly right. And I think again, God's infinite bait and switch is that that's exactly how we become more holy. You know, it's, that's how we become more like him is to have to change who we are to love better and to care for better and to deny ourselves more and more, you know, as this other person comes and goes, Hey, you remember I used to really like this and need this. And you go, yeah, that's what I'm good at. And that's why we got married. And they go, well, I don't need or want that anymore. I need this now. And you have to go, okay, this is another choice to, to die to myself and to try to care for this person, you know? And so, I think that's something I think a lot about. I, uh, my counselor told me one time, he said, you know, I've been married to the same woman for 15 years and this is probably our sixth marriage to each other. You know, just how you're always changing, you know. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So I think if you can think about that, it makes it a little easier to understand when you go through those seasons where you're like, this just doesn't feel like the person I'm married. And it's like, well, it's kind of not. It's somebody kind of completely different, you know, as you are too. So I think sort of recommitting and, and knowing that so much of, Marriage, especially if we're getting healthier, especially if we're becoming more like God, we are changing. And that's the whole point. Yeah. You know? And so we're not going to be married to the same person for 50 years. You're going to be married to like 15 versions of that same person for 50 years. That, that is a really interesting uh, answer. And I've not heard people talk about 
recommitting into the marriage in that way with as the person changes but you're absolutely totally right we definitely yeah. change a lot I've, I've been married for uh, it's basically 30 years and um, yeah. and I, I definitely have changed but I've been really helping my wife over that time to grow in patience so um, <laughs> you're such so, a saint so that, you're such a saint that's great I'm very helpful on yeah. that so um, she's a wonderful wife so I'm very lucky anyway or very blessed I should say yes. so um, has there been sort of a thing that really within your marriage that you have felt was a difficult thing and Jesus really helped you through I think so much of it is my own sin I mean, honestly, and that feels like a very uh, falsely humble thing to say, but I think it's true. I think, you know, God has just been kind um, through my wife's wonderful <laughs> pointing at and <laughs> helping me be privy to, you know, my own, um, and I should say in seasons, obviously, but I just think my seeing how much my own sin, how detrimental it is, you know, not only to myself, but to our marriage and uh, being better at trying to invite the Lord into those spaces, you know, to sanctify me and to make me better. And, and I would say too, that I'm not trying to make my wife do that. Cause I think it's a natural stance for me to sort of be like, Hey, can you make me better? And she can't, I mean, she can in her, in her sort of like pedestrian ways, but Lord knows not in sort of ethereal or divine ways. So um, I think those are the things still that I, I really have to pay so much attention to. It's just my inadequate season, my inability to be, you know, perfect and 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 then where jesus sort of fits into that you know yeah no that that makes a lot of sense uh, i've got to say without jesus i really don't think my marriage would have made it which is sounds like an awful thing to say people must go well you, you don't love your wife properly then but the truth is marriage is actually really hard work and yeah. and, and it is with jesus help that i have a really healthy really good marriage well but, i think you just nailed it you don't love anybody properly without Jesus. Yeah, that's kind actually, of the, that's the whole point, you know. And I think that's what I'm having to remember is because I really think I can do it on some days. I'm like, I got this. And boy, that's when that's in the part of the movie where it's like, and no, he didn't, <laughs> you know, and then everything changes for yeah, the yeah. worse. So, well, it's, it's, it's a great reminder, though, to keep on going back to Jesus and, and handing yeah, everything amen. to him. Because there's nothing that's too big for him to handle. That's so if right. you're listening to this right now and you're going, I've stuffed up my marriage too bad, it can never be solved, it's finished. Just want to say, that is not true. God is the God of redemption. He changes things around. And I just want to encourage you to, to get some someone alongside you who can pray for you and help you uh, to get your marriage uh, back to where God wants it to be and also where you obviously would have hoped it to have been when you entered into it. So God is the restorer of marriages. So, okay, what other things do you feel God is wanting to do within your, you, not just your music, but within you and your family over this sort of next 12 months? Um, you know, I, I think um, prayer has been a new sort of journey for me, the season that God's got me in of really trying to learn how to pray more authentically and, and uh, honestly, you know, less... I think that's one of the tricks of growing up in the church in America is we have a very interesting version of our faith that can be pretty wrong and detrimental, especially in the ways of sort of like what we tell people God is like or what he wants and they're not true. And one of those ways I think is we can make prayer this very rigid, dead, um, you know, very um, methodical thing. And I think as I get older, the more and more I read the Bible and, understand especially like these old testament heroes and saints they were just so candid like their conversations with god bordered on disrespectful you know and he's never bothered 
you know, he's kind of like, yeah, I know you feel that way. Obviously, I know you feel that way. Thank you for being honest with me, you know. And I think it's really changed the way that I think about prayer. And I can, and I can feel that sort of movement in my soul that God's trying to help me understand how to be in conversation and communion with him in ways that I sort of didn't know you could be before. So it's exciting and, and fun and very, I feel like I'm, I'm not even at step one. I'm like at step negative five, making my way to, to the, you know, even to the, to the, uh, to the middle point, the beginning point. So I think that's a big one for me. But it's one of those things that there's always more, isn't there? So always, as, as we, as always. we grow as Christians, sometimes, we can get to a plateau if we're not careful. We just think, oh yeah, we, I've, I've achieved where I'm meant to get to. And it's just so not the case. There's always more mm. of God to explore and he is uh, yeah. infinitely wonderful. So, um, and, right. and prayer, um, uh, we can all grow more in prayer. And you're right to say, it's, it's definitely not a boring thing. It's one of those things actually that is communion with God. It's chatting with mm. him honestly and openly. And I, I, I love what you said just there. So talking about people from the Old Testament then, who, who are the people you um, have been, been particularly reading about and admire what's been the things that have stood out you know i think the story i think so much about abraham and sarah and and her response when she's told that she's going to have the baby and how she laughs and i think it's so easy to think like oh she laughed I'm like no that wasn't a joyful laugh that was a disrespectful like no you're not this is a joke how old was she at that point do you remember roughly Oh, 90s something, right? Wasn't she in her mid-90s? Yeah, quite old. Yeah, little yeah. little past birthing years. She would probably wager. Um, and um, and I think about that story so much and that both of them were kind of like, all right, God. Like they didn't go, yes, you are great and mighty. Thank you for the word and bowed. And then he left the tent. But there was a real like, no, how, 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 how are you going to do that? Like th- that is the most candid response. I would, if, if, if I was being honest, that would be my response. It'd be like, come on, for real? Do you know how old she is? Do you know how old we are? Not like you are all wise and wonderful. Thank you. We will we will believe you and see you tomorrow at the fire. I don't know. You know, it'd be like it'd just be like, are you sure? Like, are you really from heaven? Like, who, look, let me see your credentials. You have a driver's license, you know. So just to sort of fact check it. So I, I just and there's so much of that. You know, just I mean, you look at the New Testament, the way the disciples talk to God and and, and or to Jesus rather, and so. I just think we get that wrong a lot. I think we, we really, I should say, I misunderstand how much God appreciates our honesty, you know, how much he appreciates us being who we are and that kind of vulnerable stance because he can, he just, see, that seems to be the person he always is drawn to, always. You know, he'd much rather have you tell him the truth and then you deal with that than to be the person who's putting on airs or being inauthentic to who he made you. Uh, which is the whole irony of the whole thing. He's like, do you not think I know who you are? <laughs> he knows everything, yeah. absolutely. He does. he does, And I wonder if or not with COVID and uh, in the UK, I don't know if you're aware, but, but in the UK, literally the government said churches are not permitted to open and this went on for months. So it was it was a big deal. Um, and lots of people um, have been watching church remotely and all sorts of things. And I wonder if or not that's a, in some ways got dangers associated with it because people have stopped um encountering god in uh, community with other people mm-hmm. and it's very easy to have a veneer and say that everything's okay yeah i'm doing good especially online uh, it, if you're talking if you're talking face to face with people you can suss them out a little bit more but online it's a bit harder to do right and i wonder whether or not for people it's one of those things where we need to sort of relearn not only just to be honest with god yeah but also to open up with people in in small group scenarios or whatever it might be that we can actually have christian accountability 
uh, and just help people to walk forwards with God. Well, I t- I'll say, I'll just say quickly, I think that's another thing God has been showing me in the last few years is how um, the iteration of humanity that he made us to, to participate in is a communal one. It is not a solitary. Now there are seasons of solitary um, growth or a need to be by yourself, which we see him do. I mean, we see just Jesus peel off to pray. Um, you know, and get away from the crowd. But his plan for us is a body. It is to be together, to be not just interlinked, but um, dependent, to be symbiotic, to be dependent on each other. And I think that's one of the things that I have grieved in this season is that, you know, it's okay for us to be apart, obviously, and, and that's okay, but that is not his plan for the church. His plan for the church is for us to be together and to grow together, you know, to 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 live life in that context. And so, it has been sad to see sort of a, that we haven't been able to really do that for a season. And I think, um, and I think there's growth in that. I mean, you know, we, we do this different work when we're not together, but you know, I, I do get excited about being together and participating in the kingdom linked that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, the Bible tells us uh, not to give up meeting together. So um, that's right. That's exactly so I, right. I, I wonder whether or not there are people listening who, just got used to doing church online and haven't yet gone back to church, although churches are now open in the UK. So my encouragement would be to uh, get along to church and uh, get back into community. Yes, that yes. is That is great. So for people who don't know you, but have been listening to you now and thinking, oh, you sound like a really great guy, I, I would concur with that. Um, how do people connect with you? Where do people find yeah. you? So everywhere it's just Dave Barnes Music. So any of the socials, um, my website is DaveBarnes.com, but you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Dave Barnes Music. Dave Barnes Music. Okay, so you're quite you're yeah. quite active on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. that's gr- that's great. Okay, um, so we've got one more track to play from you. Um, yes. What's the track called? It's called "We're Gonna Miss These Days." Uh, and this is a world exclusive first play here on Hope FM on the Artist Interview. Dave, tell us about this track. Yeah, you know, you and I were talking about family and kids before, and this is a song about that. I, I always feel like I have to be careful because there's nothing more uninteresting than hearing someone sing about their kids. I mean, if you think having someone talk about their kids to you is gets a little boring, just imagine someone trying to sing to you about their kids. <laughs> but, uh, but I just felt like I needed to sing it. You know, uh, it's about, you know, knowing that these days are going to fly and they're so, pr- I mean, you know that from, from having your kids, like, it's just, what's the quote? I love this quote. The days are short, but the, or the years are short, but the days are long. Yeah. And I think it's really true, you know, having kids. And so it's, it's, it's sort of every now and then I write these songs as sort of postcards to myself, you know, in hopes that I get them and remember some things. And this is one of those of just knowing that, um, you know, as much as these days, especially in the season we're in, you know, nine, seven and five, it can be, Lord of the Flies in, in my house sometimes, but um, but I know we are going to wake up someday and think, holy cow, that went by quickly, and you know we're empty nesting and sort of wondering where the time went, and so that's really what it is: is a reminder to you know Annie and I and, and everyone with kids that these that you know there's a limited amount of time before it all changes, uh, even though it feels like it's a long time sometimes. But that's kind of what it's about. Well, that is a great inter- introduction to a song which I hope all our listeners uh, will enjoy. Uh, I just want to say, Dave Barnes, thank you so much for joining us today on Hope FM for the Artist Interview. God bless you, Dave. This is your track. We are going to miss these days. Radio Magic. We're going to miss these nights we don't sleep Because she's scared of the shadows 
that was We Are Going To Miss These Days by Dave Barnes and thank you so very much to Dave for joining us on The Artist Interview, a podcast by Hope FM and there are many other interviews and artists for you to explore on your favourite podcast platform so do please go and have a look on there, subscribe to it, like it, share it with a friend, Uh, there are just wonderful stories, amazing talent uh, and hopefully a thing that will bless you as well. So thank you for joining me, Gordon T. Until next time, God bless. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music, this is the Hope FM Artist Interview.